What is up? Welcome to Me Dwelle Podcast, episode 85. I'm Stuart Anderson. This is our interview with Jason Cook. We're able to have Jason on here as well as Jake, his brother. Uh, the three of us really dig into the nitty-gritty of what uh, makes Jason Cook tick. Grateful for everything that he shared and thankful for his example. Uh, man, and these two brothers, they are one of a kind. Grateful for their brotherly love, and uh, it, you'll especially hear it and see it on the podcast today, how special this relationship is uh, that they have. So super grateful for Jason and uh, his friendship, everything that he brings to the team. This is one of the best podcasts to kind of learn about a team member in this group who uh, truly does good, gives back, and makes us better in every way. So hopefully you enjoy this podcast with uh, Jason Cook. Grateful for him, thankful for his sponsorship of the team, uh, not only through Epic Ventures, but also through uh, the Burbage Foundation, which also supports the team financially. So grateful for those things. As uh, I mentioned in the last podcast, a plea to the team and anyone else listening, please sign up for the Five Canyons Bike Challenge, our event that we're hosting on August 19th. On miduele.com, you will see the tab on the upper right-hand corner to uh, get all the information that you need about the event to sign up. And specifically, as a member of the team, if you would like to contribute financially or help us in any way, we uh, are looking for all hands on deck to help uh, run the event on August 19th. So please join us for the Five Canyons event coming up. All right, that's it. Enjoy this uh, podcast with Jason Cook. Bye. All right, welcome everybody. Greetings. I'm Stuart Anderson, joined by brothers Cook, Jake and Jason. Greetings, young men. Great to be here, guys. It is good to be here. We are uh, episode 85, Jason Cook. He's honored or offended. We couldn't decide whether uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's taken this long or not. I mean, I guess that's how everybody feels at this point, right? I don't know. Um, I'm honored. We're honored. honored. It is. It's an honor. It truly is an honor. So uh, it is june 7th so whenever you're hearing this uh we're going to butterfield tomorrow are either of you joining i'll let jason respond first jason i mean that's like a 4 30 wake mm-hmm. up call for me um i'm gonna go ahead and say my wife's got pilates seven right <laughs> so i'm probably out butterbean canyon okay okay jake any chance uh, i'm on i'm on the fence I okay mean, I, I mean i don't okay. know we're, i just if I'm there, I'm there. We'll see. We'll see Great. what happens. Great. Very good. Uh, uh, I just, I think, I think I have some PTSD from last time we wrote that. I got stuck with Adam Barker and uh-oh. we got lost out in Butterfield, out by the, by the mine. Somewhere. Oh, I remember that. Tell me home. That. And we yeah. got stuck in this massive headwind. And I was just like, and Barker obviously lives far, you know, closer to Butterfield yeah. than I do. So he peeled off and left me all alone <laughs> coming across ninth East by myself. Just Bro, in 2020. 2020 was a traumatic year for everybody. It was. It was. I forget those experiences. Yeah. But uh, you loved the butter, I'm sure. Yeah, Mr. Butter, Mr. Buttersworth. Butter bean, <laughs> buttercream gang. Um, we are we are honored today uh to have Jason with us. If you didn't, if you didn't know, I'll just do a brief introduction here. But Jake has a more formal introduction. Um, the brothers cook, if you didn't know it, sponsor your team as an official sponsor um, with with money, if you didn't know that, and have for years. 
they do not put the logo or uh, look for accolades for that kind of donation. So not only um, am I grateful for all they do to support us with their presence, but uh, these boys are all in. And uh, for that, I'm very grateful, thankful to hear Jason's story today, even though I remember Jason finding out how much younger you were than me. And it was upsetting. I'll be honest. Hey, when I'm as young as you guys are, I hope I'm still riding my bike. <laughs> I mean, I really don't feel old, but then when I find out how young some of you guys are, I'm like, F this. this you guys are young. <laughs> young and uh, reckless, baby. What is your age, Jason? 29. That's incredible. That's incredible. Okay. Very good. Uh, Jake, do you want to pr- proceed? Any, any, uh, any announcements I'm missing? We have, we do have a pickup and, um, team picture any thoughts on that gentlemen anybody want to no i think uh you know it's just it's a fun time team picture is great right i mean Mm -hmm. obviously wear your red kits do not show up in a white a Mm. yellow a black Mm. kit make sure it's a red kit if you don't have a red kit myself Stu, i'm sure we can rally up the troops to find you a red kit yeah red jersey but uh super fun experience to get be a part of the team and get that picture and special shout out to you know adam barker for taking the time to do that good man absolutely so yeah and and you can wear like the design from this year's red for sure or 2021's red they're the same so either one yep. works yeah okay sugar house park seven o'clock june 29th very good jason thoughts on that you're going to bring any add-ons to the picture something to sneak in to the side nope of the- nope, nope. <laughs> so- i'm trying to i'm trying to grow out of that stew me being 29 <laughs> i'm almost 30 i gotta grow out of that why keeps me young it always, it always makes me laugh so tame the beast oh my gosh <laughs> it's so good okay uh jake we have a beautiful introduction to your brother written by um jason's wife Bryn. do you want to go ahead yeah sure okay yeah special special shout out to Bryn. an absolute perfect sister-in-law and grateful for that she was able to put this together for jason and uh literally almost brought me to tears just reading it as he's such a good man. I'm just, again, special shout out to Jason. Grateful to be on this podcast with him and be a part of it. But uh, let's Dude, you can't get it. emotional. We're two minutes into this. Come on. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, okay. Well, let's get into it. Um, when Jason and I started dating, my little brother, little brothers would tease me asking why I was dating a guy who felt all too comfortable in tight spandex biking shorts. Mm-hmm. I think they hoped this would be a short, uh, a short fling, considering that spandex were, weren't exactly cool to two younger teenager boys. Fast forward eight years, and now they don't think twice about the spandex and have accepted this simple, simply as a personality trait of their brother-in-law, who they look up to and respect lots. I learned early on that Jason is unapologetically himself, spandex and all. Heck yes. <laughs> Always in spandex. <laughs> Jason grew up in the Harvard Yale area of Salt Lake City. He is one of five children and has a special bond with each of his siblings. Having to keep up with an older brother, some of you may know him, who was, who was big and fast and athletic. He was pushed in ways he probably wouldn't have been pushed otherwise. He was small, but mighty. The size of the fight in, in this small dog was huge. This ended up paying off as he excelled athletically at East High and beyond. He was a varsity soccer captain two years in a row, football captain, and played quarterback his senior year, leading the team to the state finals. He truly could have played any sport and done well. Jason is a natural leader. There is a humble confidence in which Jason carries himself, and it shows in how he interacts with people. So true. He makes others feel important and comfortable, striking up conversations easily, 
while genuinely interested in their lives. He leads quietly without wanting the spotlight. Jason loves reading, snow skiing, water skiing, trail running, and a big adrenaline junkie at heart. <laughs> he feels more comfortable at doing some kind of complex flips off any 60-foot cliff. It's going to happen this weekend. <laughs> Rather than jumping off and used, uh, just jumping and used to spend hours in the train park perfectly perfecting crazy ski tricks. All these things come naturally to him. <clears throat> Jason went on to graduate in finance from the University of Utah and now works for a local venture capital firm, Epic Ventures. Another His shout out, team sponsor. Another shout out, team, team, team sponsor. Another shout out, shout thank out you. team sponsor. Thank you. Um, Dude, you're double dipping on team sponsorship. <laughs> That's unheard of. Very good. I want something in return. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. I get plenty in return. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, you could, his, his passion for cycling began in his early college years. I think he would say that three, uh, the three things that helped him develop a deep love for the sport were his LDS mission to the Netherlands, where there are more bikes than cars, Creighton's riders, and his brother Jake, who introduced him to the Midwelly crew. Combining the simple joy uh, that being in the saddle brings with the pure physical grit, mental toughness, early mornings, dedication, challenging climbs, sunrise rides and friendships that come with it he really has fallen in love not just with the sport of cycling but with Miduele and the people who make up Miduele. Jason has com competed in countless races including Lodija, Saints and Sinners, Tour de St. George, Crusher in the, in the Tusher and the Wasatch All Road and his version of the Ultimate Challenge. He loves competing and but he loves people in his relations with the with those people even more. All the things that come naturally to Jason his role of a father has come more na most natural. He was born to be the, the girl dad he is to our one-year-old Louisa. Recently, his morning bike rides have started with early, with earlier with some fewer and, and farther between since stepping into this role. Yet somehow he still hits personal goals, personal records, and pushes himself to become his best self, both on and off the bike. Jason is constant, resilient, happy, fun, passionate, loyal, kind, strong, genuine, and just a plain old good. If you know him, you love him. His girls feel they're so lucky to be on the, on the ride of life uh, long, uh, alongside him. That's it. Let's wrap it up. We're done. That's all we needed. <laughs> what was uh, it like? What was it like to write your own bio, Jason? Oh, I mean, it took me hours. <laughs> nice job, Jake. That was so good. Jeez. <laughs> Man, if there's any wives listening, Bryn's winning. This was incredible. Any I thoughts we there? Do, we should just get her in here. <laughs> right. she, she's the better half. Holy cow. So good, dude. Um, any thoughts on it, Jason? Anything stand out there you want to say? I mean, th there was one line that just stood out to me, and I know we'll get into it with talking about Miduele um, and, and just naturally with writing, but you know, I think it's that last line where in the second last paragraph, which is, I love competing, right? Uh, I think that's pretty natural. And, and it's a custom in our family and kind of how we were raised just to always compete. But um, what I found more enjoyable and what I've just found to, to really love is the people and the relationships that come out of those types of competitions and, and the time I spend with them. So um, I think that is very well correlated with kind of the, the Dooley team and each of you and the friendships and camaraderie and um, what I've been able to to get out of it, it, it it's just it, it's far more beyond than just a, a competition or, or racing at this point. Yeah, so good. Um, you, I agree with this paragraph here about 
about being a athlete. Holy moly, you guys were blessed with athletic genes. Come on. Let's do you guys ever remember when I created the quiz of uh guess whose thigh it is? The multiple choice uh do you remember that quiz <laughs> I created? <laughs> I guess remember. Whose thigh? <laughs> it's always just fun to stack Jason's legs against everyone else's. Congratulations for that. Lovely. Oh. It's all the baby oil, the tanning oil. <laughs> and, and, and everyone guessed it, dude. That was the funny part. Yep, that was the best part. But but Stu, seriously, you know where you know where some of that comes from? Not the legs in general, but just I, I think that you know, I'll always remember this. And I'm only gonna say this because Jake's on here with us. So we were big high school soccer players. Jake, I think, as you've already know and had heard in his podcast previously, that he's the natural. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Dude, I would show up as an eighth grader or seventh grader, and I'd show up to these high school soccer practices that him and Matt Ryder were all a part of. Um, and these guys would put all this tanning oil all on their legs. <laughs> and I just remember from that point on, like being this little young kid, I was I like, love you're it. doing it. Like, it's the cool thing to do. So oh I'm going to start God. doing it and make sure I take care of my legs, shaving them, put mm-hmm. tanning oil on. Buttering them up. Mm-hmm. Butter leg canyon. We're going tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> baby oil and all baby i love it dude it's so good hey jace let's hear from you um do you want to just talk a little bit about your childhood family sports how you grew up yeah i, I think Brent did a good job um like born and raised here in salt lake grew up a big utah football fan still am um childhood just filled the sports and, and jake can attest to this as well right i think we all individually played tons of sports um if we weren't playing we were watching our other siblings play. I can't tell you how many times I got dragged to games, right? I think it's just kind of natural being a younger sibling in a, in a family of five. Um, you're just frequently on a field or, or uh, mm-hmm. attending a game. Um, family of seven, we uh, three sisters and one average brother. Um, and then just the <laughs> incredible mom and dad uh, that, that we have. Um, I'm the second youngest, so I always like to say that I was the favorite until our little sister mm-hmm. joined. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll share one quick family or one quick fun memory uh, again with Jake here, just growing up. And I'm actually interested to see if he can remember this. Um, there's this picture of us that we shared during my wedding um, where we're both young. I must have been like, I don't know, Jake, eight or nine. You have to keep me honest. And we wore these plastic football helmets. I think Jake's <laughs> like a San Francisco 49ers. I was this Utah uh, helmet and just for context like if you can think of a punter's face mask with just a single bar like that's what they look like and they're just pure plastic i know you're, yeah and and we go out to the front yard and jake at this time like if you could rewind and, and bryn mentioned this like i was genuinely a small kid uh growing up i was never like my nickname growing up was called winnie because i was just mm-hmm. so tiny Mm-hmm. Um, and Jake was just this bigger masculine, like he just, obviously his genetics kicked in way soon or, or sooner than mine. I'm a little bit larger, fatter. Yeah. You can admit that. It's cool. <laughs> no, no, no. He, he was, he was, he was bull. He, he was jacked. Um, I don't, I don't have a body we, of, the, of a Greek God. I'm sorry. Greek you know God. I mean? <laughs> we go out in our front yard and we had these two big bushes in our front yard. And for whatever reason, I always ended up running the ball. Like Jake would either kick it off to me on the other end of the yard or throw it up high from, from one end. And I'd catch it. And my whole objective or goal was just to get around him to score. And he would intentionally, I feel like lead me by this bush. And it was supposed to be like two hand touch. But every time we got by this bush, it was like, (laughs) it was like WWE. He would just blast me into this bush, like full on, 
hit stick everything i think i must have been decleaved like three or four times oh good um and that that's always just stuck with me right I just let that memory of just, just the two was, of you just the two of you yep just so the two and the, the and being the younger is, brother i egged it on right you just love it the funny thing is we would do this at our grandparents house i mean your cousin's house i mean we bring those helmets everywhere and we would just i love this just play football against each other in the basement all the time so that's yeah, so good. And the best thing now is I watch Jake's boys do it. And it's just, it's just so many memories flooding back. Um, but anyway, that's a fun childhood <clears> memory. <throat> um, so we were really close. I think, you know, Jake can probably attest this as well. We have, we're all different, my siblings, um, but we're super close and connected. And I think one thing that's pretty set in stone amongst us is that we have each other's back um, always, and we always will. So um that, that's kind of a quick snippet on our family. Um, I graduated from East High, like like Bryn said, back in 2012. Um, played a lot of sports there. I ended up going up to the U for one year before heading out on my mission, um, which I served in the Belgium and Netherlands mission. It was awesome and by far the best experience of my life up to that point. Um, came home and uh, returned back up to the U where I graduated and then started dating Bryn. And fast forward to, to where we are today, we got our beautiful one-year-old. So it's been it's been quite a fun journey. I've never met anyone that went to Netherlands and Belgium. You're the only person I've ever met that's done that. It's such a crazy. I would love to know more about what it was like. And I mean, what a crazy place to go. Um, I would say, Jason, it's rare that people at this point in, in your life continue to say how special that mission experience is. Whether people become cynical about it or whether it's just like whatever mission Maybe talk about why that is such a special thing for you. Sure. I, I think for context, um, you know, I think most listeners and everyone's familiar with the mission, but people typically uh, will go to South America uh, or, or elsewhere in the world where I think there's just a more natural um, way in finding success, right? And typically people define success on a mission by baptisms. Mm-hmm. Um my mission averaged, if you're lucky, one baptism per missionary, per mission. So there was a lot of door knocking, a lot of just proselyting, a lot of street contacting. You know, it was rare to teach multiple lessons a day. Um, And I think throughout that, you just learn, (laughs) you learn a lot, right? And then add on the fact that you're in an entirely different culture, you're learning a pretty challenging language, um and people are stubborn and, and very prideful there and you know what like i loved it um because i could be just as direct and, and uh, frank with them as they were to me um and you just learn a lot going through that and i was fortunate to to find success in my own way and um you know i think another interesting aspect of it is uh you know most of my mission companions just looking back i think i had like 14 mission companions and only three or four were actually from the U S I had tons mm-hmm. of international companions. Um, so I got a lot of exposure to just diversity, right. And thought and backgrounds and upbringings. Um, and so that, that just taught me a lot. And I've always held that experience very sacred, mm-hmm. um, and, and dear to my heart because of it. That's rad. So good, dude. I love that. Very good. Um, let's talk about what do you do all day? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> What do, you do? Uh, what do you do for work? What's your typical day look like? 
So like Bryn said, I'm currently in venture capital. I've spent most of my career kind of working with what I would call startups or kind of early stage uh, software businesses, both as an operator and now back kind of on the investing side of things. Um, but a typical day for me, <laughs> if I'm not biking uh, in the morning or, or up on the trail running uh, or, or finding some time to get to a gym, um, it's making sure I'm home early enough to to not miss out on the morning walk or breakfast with my girls. Nice. Um, I, I, I always try to prioritize that and, and think it's important. Um, or I'm sending Bryn off to Pilates, which we've kind of talked about the last couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> um, I work and then throughout the whole day, I, we're, we're remote. So I find myself home and kind of in the same vicinity uh, a lot, uh, which is also another reason why I typically like to, to wrap up or kind of begin my evening uh, as I start to unwind or, or kind of log off of work with another walk, right? Like typically I'm going back out for second walk in the day uh, with my girls or, or taking my dog out um, right before or after making dinner with them and, you know, spend some time playing and, and uh just being with them right before bedtime and uh, try to squeeze in either a Ted Lasso or, or maybe mm. a, a book or, or something right before heading to bed. Nice. That's a Jake, typical day. What are you going to add to that? What do you leave out, Jake? You, you know, Sorry, he left Jimmy. something. I said, what do you leave out? You know, he's left something out. Typical day of Jason. No, I think, I mean, my pre-workout out. at 5 a.m. Yeah. I mean, we, we forgot about that. Obviously that's, a, that's a given every, <laughs> every day. It's a standard pre-workout lit in the morning. So just a raw dog powder scoop, just, just 250 <laughs> milligrams of caffeine. <laughs> best way to wake up. No, I think, I think Jason is, uh, he, he's the epitome of just the grinder, man. I mean, he's, he works his tail off every single day and, and, and just kind of watching him throughout his career kind of grow and progress. I mean, it's, He's been the ultimate example of me, just someone who is the constant grinder day in and day out and trying to support his family. And it's, 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 it's been fun to watch and, and uh, just, you know, he's, he, his future looks really, really bright and I'm just excited to see yeah. where it goes. Yeah. You know, Jason, one thing, um, my wife, she's kind of like the litmus tests in the Peloton, like in our group, she's the only lady, you know what I mean? Like, so when we yeah. get home, it's always interesting to hear how she interacts with everybody. And when Bryn says here, he makes others feel comfortable, important, striking up conversations easily and genuinely interested in their lives. I've heard Kristen say that multiple times about coming home from rides with you, um, which is so like being kind of the only guy with um, a partner in the in the group. Um, it's always kind of an interesting dynamic. So I'm always grateful for the way you treat her um, in the group. So that's, thanks. Yeah, that's kind. Thanks, Kristen. She's awesome, man. I, I just tell you what it. it they're phenomenal. Kristen's phenomenal, right? I am always just impressed with her, her grit and ability to just deal with all of us, especially me. So. <laughs> she deserves a lot. She deserves a lot more. <laughs> both nice. you and I, both you and I. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Okay. Uh, once, your wife touched on a lot of this, but really fun past endeavors. <clears throat> a lot of sports. I mean, you learned a lot playing sports growing up, especially probably watching Jake. Uh, you want to walk through some of that? Sure. Um, yeah, learned a lot. Sports tend to do that uh, to to people. Um, like I said, I wasn't the biggest kid. I, I just keep mentioning that because I think I grew nine inches uh, between my freshman and sophomore year. So I grew up, uh, you know, like, for example, I grew up playing on the B team uh, in, in Little League for football. Um, I spent my first two years on the A team and just realized I didn't like it. And I think a lot of the reason why I didn't like it was because I was so dang small. 
Um, and I was just sick of getting hit around so hard constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that was uh, kind of always like something I felt like I had working against me was just my size. And because of that, I always felt like I had something to prove um, or, or like I was always an underdog whenever I showed up to anything. And, and that was kind of a chip on my shoulder to a certain extent. Um, but I never let it get too much. So in the way that it, it disrupted, you know, my camaraderie or kind of relationships with others on the team or, or even, uh, with whoever we're playing against. Um, you know, you mentioned with Jake, like I can still remember countless times going to his games or even throughout high school and he'll laugh at this, but his, his high school football coach, coach Whitehead, uh, at one point when I was before even coming into school or, or getting into high school, he came over, shook my hand. And, you know, I said, I'm, Jake's Jake's brother and uh he said oh great well can you hold on to a football here like handed me a football it's like okay great you look like you're you're ready to go um we'll see you in three or four years um and I think living under kind of Jake's shadow or call it his legacy um it drove me right and people I think would would push against that right say oh I want to you know create my own legacy or, or be my own self and um, for me, I loved it. Right. I think it opened up so many doors and opportunities. And, um, I, again, like just giving a lot of credit to Jake and, and my other siblings who really showed me the way. Um, now that said, I, you know, was fortunate to, to be good at soccer, played some, some football. Um, I think <laughs> soccer the was humility, the don't, humility, don't, don't, don't be too humble, man. Come on. This is about you. Bro. Well, <laughs> Look, I, I love soccer. Um, you soccer you became, were dang good at soccer and football, brother. Come on. Well, soccer came a little natural to me, I think, again, because of my size uh, and just being small. But it, but it's interesting, too, Stu. Like, Jake was Jake uh, in his own respect in the same sport we played. But I was myself, too, right? Like, he he played offense. He was he was forward in soccer. He scored all the goals. Um, I, didn't, I didn't play forward. I, I played center back. Um, I, I, I was defense and, and rarely scored. Um, and we've kind of always flexed between ourselves that way. Um, and, and that's kind of where I think I found my footing a little bit and kind of who I was. Um, but no, I loved it. I, I played varsity soccer starting as a sophomore, uh, up into my, my senior year. Um, surprisingly, I was voted team captain my junior year. I had no idea. And I remember that causing a whole bunch of ruckus amongst the seniors because they were like, only seniors should get team captain. And, um, me navigating that with them and just from like, uh, culture within the team and then also like earning their trust and trust and confidence was was a big lesson to be learned there uh for me and we we were a pretty good team right I think my junior year we ended up going and losing in, in the the quarterfinals my senior year we were the number one team in state um and you know lost tragically like in the very opening round uh, of the playoffs in a, in a penalty shootout um so you know I think I learned a lot through losing in those scenarios um, and I'll also mention that football was just, I think, where I learned the most about myself and um, really about just working hard and not selling yourself short and not underestimating yourself. Um, we can we can talk about this briefly, but my junior year or my sophomore year, uh, my high school team went one and eight, like <laughs> barely even had a single competitive game. Um, I played on the sophomore team at that point and we had so much fun. It's completely separate coaching. Um, at that time we had kind of a one off coach. It was his very first year and it was his last year at the high school. Yeah. Um, 
And I think it was one of the first times, Jake, you have to also keep me honest here, but they fully separated out like sophomores and JV and varsity. Like they didn't let everyone practice all together. Yep. So like I barely got any exposure to this coach at the time, um, which was great. I just spent all my time with the sophomores, had a blast. Uh, my junior year though, you know, we got this new coach and he came down and uh, he implemented a whole new offense, kind of changed up the culture. Um, I found myself on the varsity team, not as a starter. I actually started the first two or three games on the JV squad. And, you know, I think the second or third game, I had a really good game. I think I had like six touchdowns in one game. Um, and so that, and that was on a third That's day. pretty good. It's a pretty good game. <laughs> oh, just wait. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add some context to some of this. After Hold on. Done, so. that, that, oh, was okay. on a third, that was on a Thursday. And mm-hmm. I, like, I ran the ball more than I ever had that game. And I was so banged up. And Friday, we all suited up for varsity because that was the new thing. Like, the coach wanted everyone to suit up. So we all suited up for varsity. And, like, I'm, I'm so banged up from the, the game the day before. And the first quarter goes by and someone who's playing the position that I usually would play or that I play in front of me um, gets into the game and like has two really bad mistakes. And mm-hmm. instantly it's like, cook, you're going in. Oh, boy. So I'm like, okay, like I have no idea. Like this is my first time playing varsity. I go in and uh, I think it was one of the first times I touched the ball. It was like a 40 or 50 yard run. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and then since then it just like stuck. Like I just, I solidified myself. Um, but I just remember leaving that first game playing and being so exhausted and so tired and so banged up because I literally had played two games in a row. And I just remember going back and being like, dad, like, I don't know if I can play football ever again. Like, <laughs> I am so hurt. I'm so banged up. Um, but anyway, that, that was really fun. Um, and, you know, we, we had a really good team that year. I think that year we ended up going to the, the quarterfinals uh, which is a big difference between going one and eight, right? The, yeah. the season before. Um, and then fast forward to my senior year and, and we can dive more into this, but I had no expectation on becoming the quarterback for our team. Um, in fact, I showed up to, to football team camp and in our camp down in, in Price, Utah, I'm sharing a room with my closest buddies. And one of them is kind of the quarterback at the time. It's one of my best friends. And the very first day we, we show up to camp and we're splitting up and it's offense day. And so we're kind of each going into our individual position groups. And I immediately go with my existing position, kind of the running backs. And the head coach comes over and goes, what are you doing? Like, you're coming with the quarterbacks today. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I've, I've never played quarterback. Like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, no, like, you need to come over here right now. You're, you're going to play quarterback this year. Wow. And my best friend, right, who is the starting quarterback is looking at me and like, what's going on here? And I like, I had no idea this was coming. Um, And so anyway, went and played quarterback in camp and him and I competed that whole week. And by the end of camp, the team had voted me team captain. And I think it was pretty solidified that I was going to be the starting quarterback for the season. Dang. And that was fun. We ended up going 12 and two. Uh, I think Brent said it. We, we went to the state championship and uh, unfortunately lost in what I would call a Hail Mary at the end. It's the, Brit- um, is the Britain, Britain Covey year. No, Britain Covey was the, Britain it was the following years. This is okay. the DJ Nelson year. Oh, that's, uh, right. that's right. So, but yeah, a lot of lessons learned there. Um, and I'm rambling. Who, who did you lose? A, much, who, so. who did you lose the championship to? Tim Few? Logan. We Logan. beat Tim Few in the semis. Hmm. But, he, but here, yeah. here, here's where he's not adding, though, okay? So, again, he, 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 he treads very lightly on this, but, you know, he's, he's painted a great picture of how he's kind of progressed, right, junior year, and then he becomes QB, right, in the senior year. Well, 
since he's left, because he had, was such a great QB at East, the QB, what number does the does QB wear, Jason, at East? The number you wore in high school. Well, what number is that? Yeah, number eight. Okay. Were you number eight in high school? I was number eight in high school and, after and, my brother. And, and, and the QB today at East, this year, what, what number did he wear? Yeah, well, I'll just say what Jake's hinting at. So uh, <laughs> his, le- his I, legacy has stuck because he changed the game at East being a QB. And I'll just leave it as that. Yeah, I, I going forward, right? The coach, as long as he's there, he came out and said that anyone who plays quarterback on my team is going to wear number eight. Cool. So. Man, I, I, was gonna, I thought maybe he was going to be retired. No one wears eight after he left. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that would have been cooler. No, J- J- Jason left a, a lasting legacy and, and just was the epitome of pure leadership and grind like we talked about. And, uh, you know, it shows today still at East when you go there and watch games. That's awesome. Well, and, and I'll just add this. I, I think, you know, when I really think back to that experience and, and my dad would, would, tells me this all the time, he goes, you know, Jason, I don't know of anyone else that was 17 years old that would come home after practice for five hours get his homework done. And then at the time, I think this is pretty common now, but we didn't really have like online video to like go watch film. Um, This was the very first year, I think that we had started to kind of play around with it, which was called huddle. Um, And so we had this platform to go access game film and Mm. I I would come home and I would sit there and I would watch film for two hours every single night up until a game, whether it was watching the opponent or watching kind of my own self and just trying to improve. And I think it kind of comes back to that, sense of being an underdog and like uh, just feeling almost inadequate to be in that position and ensuring that I was prepared going into every single week. And, um, you know, when you, when you go into a huddle and you see 10 guys staring at you, uh, most much bigger than you, uh, it'd be very intimidating. So I always try to do my best to just mitigate some of the, the, you know, the risk and just the fear I had of, of underperforming. Nice. With this podcast, is it possible to include the highlight video that you sent to colleges to be recruited? (laughs) I know Uh, you got one. You better send it over. (laughs) No way. No way. It's not good. Mine's online. I think mine is online, actually. It's probably on YouTube. (laughs) So good. All right. Let's talk about, uh, let's do a little endurance sports. Let's uh, swap over here. I love how balanced you are. I really I do admire it. Um, like you've got a lot of endeavors that make you very strong, kind of like sneaky on the team, in my opinion. <laughs> like you, I really do think you could open up on anyone. Um, but let's just talk about that. How'd you get into endurance sports and what kind of started your path towards cycling? I mean, it's the other guy on this, on this podcast with us. I, mm-hmm. I blame Jake. Um, I, Brent, Brent mentioned this, and which I will say it's true. It's the three things, right? It's it's Jake, uh, it's Creighton Rider, and I think it's just having lived in the Netherlands and Belgium for two years, where there's tons of bikes and all you do is bike. Um, you know, <laughs> Jake's at the top of my hero list. Mm-hmm. Um, see, at least I waited like thirty minutes to get emotional. <laughs> <sighs> um, and I always wanted to be like him and do what he's doing. I think that was a common theme uh, in my life. It still is. Uh, so when he started getting into it, despite all the the jokes and uh, the teasing I gave him for wearing his spandex, just like my brother-in-law's did and still do, 
Mm -hmm. uh, I knew I wanted to do it and uh, it wasn't, it didn't take long for me to follow him. Um, great writer. Uh, I think his fight against ALS, I just felt immensely motivated. It's kind of how I like to describe it to ride a bike because of him. Um, I figured if this guy can't ride his bike and that's all he wants to do, like, what am I doing? Uh, I can at least ride my bike for him. Um, and also just to support my friend, Matt, um, who I know you guys know we're really close with. Um, so those two like really drove me, I think in terms of, uh, wanting to continue doing endurance sports and we'll do it for the rest of my life. Um, you know, my mission again, the Netherlands, uh, <laughs> all we did was bike. We biked everywhere. Hmm. Um, and I still remember this and Jake, you could probably remember this. My very first week home from my mission, it may have been like the second day or third day home. Um, we had this group of guys around the neighborhood who were like, oh, let's all go right up immigration. Do you remember this? Mm -hmm. And it was like our very first right up immigration. And um, I had a couple of friends there with me and, you know, a couple who had also been returned missionaries like, hey, it's OK if like we need to take it slow, like patting on the back, <laughs> like, you know, coming back from missions always tough. Like mm -hmm. you were at sea level at the Netherlands. Now you're not. So like it's OK, like we'll take it slow and easy. And like, I think the whole way up, I mean, because I was just conditioned from riding a cruiser for the last two years, everywhere I went. Yeah. Um, I mean, I felt like we were halfway up the canyon. I'm the only one who's still having a conversation with people. <laughs> so. Um, and you were wearing just, your suit underneath your, you were wearing your suit, like your pants and your coat jackets flapping in the back. You know what? That probably would have been better looking than the Verizon <laughs> kits we were wearing or <laughs> The team live strong, team, whatever team radio was. shack, live strong, whatever oh, it was. Right? That's so yeah. Weird. Yeah. So that kind of got me into endurance sports. Cool. Um, what, why did it stick? Like, um, I know sometimes guys get, when we talked to Lang last podcast, it was one of the things I asked him, which was it's fun at first. Like you really excel and you get better and you're getting faster. And then all of a sudden you're like, man, this is kind of a grind. Um, why is it, why does it stick for you? Why do you want to keep doing it? It's so funny. You say it's doing, and Jason Ling says that because I feel like I'm at that point right now, <laughs> <laughs> like the last, I don't know, eight years of writing have been just, and those first five were just like, you know, foot on the gas pedal. So yeah. fun. I was, you know, watching my times up Strava or on Strava, all the segments tracking, them, wanting to get better. Um, and now I feel like I'm at the point of my life where it's, or not the point of my life, just like the point of cycling and doing it for so many years where it's, you know, what I, what I put here in the, in the docket is just, I love um, the places it takes me and I love the people I've met because of it. And I think that's really what's just made cycling stick and will always stick for the rest of my life. Um, I live at the base or really close to the immigration Canyon. Um, I can't tell you before ever riding my bike, like how often I was up kind of by the Mormon pioneer trail or up by the reservoir up there at the top of immigration Canyon during a sunrise. Mm. And now I think about it, like what's more beautiful. Like that's so close yeah, to really. my house. Yeah. Um, the park city loop, like guardsman pass, that was foreign to me. And mm. now it's like, Oh my gosh, like that's one of the most beautiful areas. I love the cottonwoods. They're awesome. Like it just really gives you an appreciation, um, for where we live. Uh, and, and that's really stuck with me, right? Like I think prior to cycling, it was just, I had no idea all these places existed. Big mountain, like right. no idea. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's so close and it's so fun. And, and um, what a great way to just kind of explore where we live and fortunate to live by all these beautiful mountains and be surrounded by awesome scenery. I love that. Very cool. I'm going to share my screen real quick. Are you ready? I don't know if our viewers are going to be able to see this. 
see my screen it's yeah is the is the immigration segment this is from uh monday check that number right there oh boy you're almost 500 man one more when are we doing it i don't know what what should we do well you got to celebrate it in some way just bibs just just jersey just jersey <laughs> dude i love that i i agree with you and it's funny you, you put her put this here that your favorite local ride i mean it's i'm the same like i would do it every day i would go up big mountain every day it's the best so yeah i mean that's like my favorite route i will say like favorite just like getting out with the team mondays like monday morning immigrations when you get 20 to 30 folks going up that canyon all in the same direction working together like there's nothing better. Um, maybe Jace, let's talk for a minute about what uh, the team means to you. Why is it why is it appealing? Um, especially, I know you talked about Jake bringing you on, but is there any early memories of like when it when was when did you first? Everybody's always got that one dumb story that's yeah. like I I joined and then I was crapping my bills. It was terrible. <laughs> I I don't have any crazy story. Um, although I, I do think Steve, one of the first times we rode together, it was up lambs. Ooh, um, which, huh. which I, I won't forget, uh, which was a good experience. But I, I, I think when Jake started having me, I mean, I think I was very shy, right, Jake? Like, he'd be like, hey, we're going to go ride with the Dooleys or, or things like that. And I'd be like, uh, like, just let me know when you want to go ride by yourself and I'll come <laughs> ride with you. I'll come it's, a, it's intimidating, man. I, I was intimidated too. I mean, I'm sure you were. Oh, yeah. And, and Jake would say that exact same thing. Like, oh, man, I was way intimidated. Like, you just need to come and show up. Um, and I don't think I ever showed up to like a group ride for a while, but, um, he started having me join rides, uh, with just kind of individuals. Like I remember very clearly, uh, riding with Andy Welch hmm. and one of my first times riding of immigration with him and Jake will laugh at this dude, the guy was waving at every single cyclist he in was. the canyon, <laughs> like going up, going down. It was like full on <laughs> wave and like oh halfway up the canyon, three fourths away of the canyon. I'm like, Andy, like, why do you wave to everyone? Do you know these people? And I'll never forget what he said. It was just like, he simply said, look, we're all cyclists out here. Like, we just need to be friendly. Like, why aren't we saying hi to everyone? We're all doing the same thing. good, dude. (laughs) And like, instantly I was like, wow, like, he's he's totally right. Like, why am I not being kind and just waving everybody? And that was kind of one of the first (laughs) impressions, I think, of like, Dooley for me was just kind of being inclusive and also, um, you know, having each other's back. I can't tell you how many times I mean, I've been fortunate where I haven't been in any kind of severe crashes, but a lot of close calls. Um, I've been with team members who have crashed and like, you know, Stu, you, 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 I, I know this because Jake told me this, like when Kristen went down the other week, he told me you flat out just threw your bike down on the ground. You didn't even care. And you ran back. <laughs> and to me, like, Jake would do the exact same thing. I would do yeah. the exact same thing for him. I do the exact same thing for, for anyone on the team, right? Like that sense of just riding with someone or people who, you know, have your back. Um, mm. it, it's pretty incredible. Um, very good. I, uh, I, we, we've got some quick, uh, qu- quick questions for Jason. He's kind of already answered a couple of them, but maybe just tell everybody what you ride. Um, favorite place to let's do that. What do you ride? S-Works Venge, baby, and then Dang. Verge for the gravel. Okay, very good. Uh, favorite local ride? Big Mountain, Park City, Loop. Okay. Favorite place to travel? Maui and Lake Powell, probably Dude, top two. Maui, 
you're going like you're going like three times a year now. Jeez. I wish it was more. Hey, down. We, we got to go get that calm this oh, year, right? Oh, 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 oh. All right. And then what bike are you currently looking to buy? I put this in the doc because it's so true. I've maximized the N plus one <laughs> formula, like for now. Um, I really want a mountain bike though, but that time will come later on. Nice. Very good. All right. Um, let's just hear a little bit about how you race, train, you ride. Um, cause I think you do it a little different than everybody. Do you want to talk about that? Your like how you manage it all, how you plan out, how you ride. Yeah. Uh, I'm laughing cause, uh, for folks who, who can't see the Google doc that you share, right? Like you asked the question and my first response is I don't take it don't so, take seriously. so seriously. <laughs> That's it. Just a little bullet point. <laughs> I mean, like, all right, let's move on. Perfect. <laughs> well, well, I, the context there is, you know, and I think we just touched on this like the last five years of just, or my first five years of writing and kind of even what Jason Lang said to you, uh, the more serious I've taken it, like the less I've really enjoyed it. Um, I think everybody, I mean, I can't speak on everyone's behalf. I know I've, Jake and I have talked about this at length, the year of, of the pandemic and when COVID really struck like that whole 2020 year where everything shut down, races were canceled and, mm. and everything went on pause. Like that was the f- most fun summer I've ever had biking because I felt like there was no stress. There was no mantle. Like we were just doing all these, like, do you remember the vert challenge? <laughs> like talk about just a, a great week where we were coming up with all these creative, oh, different ideas for writing and so we were funny. all committing to it. We were showing up and I just felt like there wasn't any stress of, of really having to to prepare for anything. And, and, you know, I think some people that doesn't help or doesn't work for them. Right. Others really want to have something to look forward to and prepare for. And I totally get that. Like I've done that and I still do that. Um, but it's just not the most important thing in my life. Hmm. Um, it, it's a part of it. And I think it definitely enables a lot of my life. Right. I think even thinking back to some of the the prior podcasts with folks, like the mental health aspect and getting out and, and, um, cleaning your head and, and escaping and having an outlet, I definitely, you know, provides immense benefits with my relationship with my wife being, you know, having my family and, and work and, and things like that. But um, I also just recognize, look, if I miss a morning, uh, it's okay. Like I'll make up for it another time. Um, there's, there's far more important things to, to take on right now. Nice. Great perspective. Awesome. Um, memorable experiences, anything that stands out? You got a couple of real good ones here. <laughs> Yeah, I think Jake and I should uh, talk about our Lotus experience. <laughs> what a day. What a day. What, what a day. What a day. I, can't, I can't say I've ever been more proud than to post a, like 11 and a half. Is that what we finished? It's, yep. It, it was a wild day. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was uh, I think, the longest day I've ever had on a bike and um, the most memorable day, like easily. Um, it gets me a little choked up because... What an experience. And and I guess we'll talk about it now and, and dive into it. Um, for those who don't know, this is what, 2021, Jake? Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, we're, we're, I think Jake and I had, and with others on the team, like Todd, we had a strong group, Ryan Welch, um, Cha, like we were all in that. Was Cha in that group? No, Cha might've been with you, Stu, in that group. Mm. Um, yeah, he was. But we, we were like very amped and we were prepared. And I think we all had this mindset of, we want to compete. And, you know, I think Jake and I, my first year doing Lodge, we, we took podium without even knowing 
we crossed the finish line at the exact same time and we ended up driving to Driggs like right after the race. We had no That's idea. Right. You, you we, called me, Stu. Yeah, you That's called right. me. Yeah. Like you're on the we, podium. We had, I'm like, what? Like what? Podium for what? <laughs> yeah, we had we had no idea. Um and, and so like this year we're like, okay, let's be intentional. Like, let's try to stick with the lead group. Let's try to actually get a podium spot. Like, let's really push ourselves and see what we go, what we can go do and what we can post. Um and, you know, it was the, it was the year where there was just the dreadful rain, all that first like 20 miles. Oh. Um, and I think Jake had like a tire explosion at one point or no, it was your, it was your saddlebag and burst saddle open. Yep. And so we stopped temporarily and we got him all situated. The group kept going and then we caught back up. And uh, anyway, by the time we hit strawberry, it kind of dried up, but I think we were already a little bit behind schedule. So um, we knew, I think we had to, you know, push a little bit and, um, the group started going and, and it was probably honestly in the first couple of miles of the climb, um, Jake went down, um, kind of just a, a dumb kind of happening that, that he went down. And it was at that point where, you know, you're, you're on a climb. So, and, and we were, I think you must've been like the third person in the lead. And I was, and I think Ryan Welch was right behind you. He went down and then I was like fifth or right behind Welch. And I, I avoided it. Um, and like, it was kind of that decision and time period where it was like, do we stop? Who's stopping? Like what, what's going on? Um, I knew I was going to stop. Like the minute he went down, there was no question. Like I, I was not going to just leave him there. Um, and, uh, you know, watching the group continue to carry on um, and, and continue to just like push forward. And um, I'm sitting there trying to help Jake assess the situation. I have no idea at this point if he's even going to be able to ride again, like finish the race. Um, we're in Strawberry where there's no service. There's no other real help or, or resources there. Um, we're like assessing first the damage on him. I think his hand is like completely cut open. There's there's blood all over it. Um, we're looking at his bike. He's got a brake issue. His derailleur isn't working. Um, like, and I'm sitting there and, and watching the group just bike away and it's just me and him. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to sit here and we'll figure it out, Jake. Like, let's, let's work together. And, you know, I think Jake was trying to be very kind and gracious and he knew how hard we had both worked for this and was like, no, just go, just go. And, um, like, there's no way I was going to leave him. And, <laughs> uh, we, we sat there for a little while and he got back on his bike eventually tried to pedal. And, um, I don't know what it wasn't shifting again. And yes. it just wasn't looking like it was going to work. Right. And so you told me to go, you said, look, I'm going to flag someone down. At that point we had flagged someone down and one of the kind of support trucks were coming to pick you up. Mm -hmm. um, so once I kind of knew that at least someone was like looking out for him and um, he was okay, that's when he sent me off. Um, and I remember when he sent me off, I was like, okay, I'm probably, I don't know. It's been almost 10 minutes, like eight minutes. And I'm like, I've got to absolutely just cram up strawberry now. So I put my head down and I don't think I've ever pushed like that hard <laughs> up that climb <laughs> and, and like just blowing by the people that I could and trying to catch up as fast as I can. I come up over the summit and I start descending and I'm like not seeing anyone in our group, like not even the back of our group. And so I'm a little worried. And uh, anyway, we, we carry on. I pull into Montpelier. Um, again, just pushing, trying to get as fast as I can. I'm like, Hey, have you guys seen our group go through? And they're like, Oh yeah, I think they're like five to 10 minutes ahead. Um, and I'm like, Hey, Jake's gone down. We talked to his wife and my wife at the time. And they said, yeah, he's coming here. Uh, hmm. it sounds like we're going to meet him here at Montpelier. I said, okay, great. Well, I'll just carry on. Like in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, great. I'm going to have to go do the next 160, 100 
plus miles all on my own. Um, so I start riding on and I think it was after Montpelier, almost on the Geneva climb where um, Janie Bowen came driving by and just yelled out the window, Jake's back on his bike. Jake's back on his bike. He's riding. He's, he's at Montpelier or something. He, he's behind you. And I was like, okay, like it would just happen like that. I was like, I'm going to get to the top of climb and I'm going to wait. Um, and so I sat there and, and waited for a little bit and I, I wasn't seeing anyone come. And I think it had been like 10 minutes. And finally, you know, our wives came up and I saw their car and I got on the phone with them and talked to them briefly. And we, we ended up parking right there at the top of, was it salt? I can't remember if it was salt or Geneva. It was salt. Yeah. Well, it was salt. The KOM. Yep. Yeah. The KOM. Uh, and we just sat there and I, and I must've sat there for like 45 minutes, just sitting there eating some food, hanging in the back of my car. At that point, still, I was like, man, I hope when Jake gets here, we're just done. Like, <laughs> I'm ready to just put the bike on the bike rack. Like, let's just head home. Like, Dude. this is fine with me. Um, and I don't know, Jake, Jake should probably take her from here because I think when he started that climb and came over the summit and uh, we saw each other, uh, it was an emotional moment. Um, I was super proud of him for just getting on his bike and continuing to go by himself. Yeah. Uh, you know, he shows up and he, he can barely put his hand on his, on his handlebars because it's all cut up. And he's got, I think only like five gears because his other gears aren't working. His DUA is still broken. I think his back brake wasn't working too. You just had your front brake. Um, and we get to the top and we're like, you know, after I'm just reuniting, it's like, are we doing this? Like, <laughs> he's just like, yep, we're going. Nope. Yep. I, I gave you, I yep. gave you the fist pump. I'm like, let's go. Nope. Let's yep. go. Nope. <laughs> And the rest is just history, man. We, we carried on and um, that was, you know, I think I pushed him a little bit going into some of the other sections and pulled him quite a bit. And then I remember like that last 50 miles, I was just dead. Um, <laughs> and looking back and, you know, after, after we learned that I had COVID. So, <laughs> oh my God. Um, <laughs> he, he got, he tested positive for COVID as soon as we crossed the finish line. No. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Crossed the finish line and got results back from my wife. It wasn't me. Uh, I had COVID and I ended up finding out that I had COVID. Um, but those last like 20 to 30 miles, uh, Jake pulled me like the whole way in. Um, I think we came in like 11 and a half hours. I was so dead and so beat. And the best part of that whole day is <laughs> Jake will laugh at this too. We got in the car and I think we were both just like so over our day. We're like, we're driving straight home. Like, this is ridiculous. We're not going anywhere else. We're not going to stay the night anywhere. Um, and we, we drove home and we drove home and watched the Utah football versus or Utah BYU football game, um, which Utah lost. And that was devastating. I think I was going like 125 miles per hour in my Subaru back oh home. I think we rolled in at like 1 a.m. Oh. I dropped them off, dropped everyone else off. I hadn't, now keep in mind too, I had barely eaten at this point. So at like 2 a.m. I went to, I went to Beto's because where else do you go? And I no. got a huge breakfast burrito and I ate it by <laughs> myself at like 2.30 or 3 a.m. just sitting in my kitchen. Um, and that was my loaded experience. I, I've forgotten that you guys went home, that you didn't stay the night uh, in, in we Jackson. Drove, we drove straight home. And as I think we got home in record pace. I mean, I've never driven so fast before. <laughs> oh yeah. There's Jake bandaged hand and all. Yeah. Jake, anything to add to that? So good. So no, good. I just, I mean, I just, you know, I just remember that feeling coming up and, and, and summoning that, that salt river KOM and, and seeing Jason up there. Cause I, I, I had the same feeling of, I had no idea that Jason had even stopped or, you know, was waiting for me up there. Cause again, I was so far back and, 
you know, I just remember I'm like, man, I'm a hundred miles in I'm the same thing. Like I'm gonna have to finish a hundred miles like by myself. This is going to suck. <laughs> and uh, with a torn up hand, no break, no shifting, like just, this is going to be a long day. And I just remember peeking that summit and seeing him up there. And it was just, I was like, dude, that's my answer. We're going to finish this. We're, we're, we're going to yes. finish this together. And so we, we literally just rode together, just, you know, trade taking poles and, hmm. and uh, that picture, you just, you know, showed up on, on the screen of us crossing together. I mean, you can tell my hand was a little bit limpy and doing that, but uh, that's, that's a memory that I will never forget is crossing the line with my, my brother and, you know, family always comes first before racing in my mind now, you know, ever since that feeling is, you know, it's like, you know, Kristen goes down right a couple weeks ago. It just, mm. it's all about family. It's all about the person rather than, you know, biking, all that, all that stuff is secondary. You know, it's all about yeah. Yeah. the individual and, and the family. So. And, and, you know, what? I'll just say this last little bit about it. Like in that, you know, I think there's a lot of folks who had achieved a lot that day, right? Like sure. I think Dwelle just crowded the podium. Yeah. Um and to me, like the biggest champion of the day was Jake. Jake. Like I I, I don't know anyone else who would have stuck it out, gotten back on their bike with for real four gears, one hand. Like and it, keep in mind like strawberries you guys know it's yeah. like the first quarter of the race. Like yeah. It's just and and after going through that rain the whole first like it was just he was the champion of the day and and always will be in, in my eyes. There he goes. He's passing. It's quiet leadership, yeah. just humbly passing it to you. Wow. Good man. Good man. Hey, um, so we started last time uh, doing a bit about, so I don't know if you guys heard it or not, but I was really inspired by Matt's youngest sister reading yeah. Creighton's 21 Rule. I just think that's a really fun exercise, which, which probably changes you know, every five years, you're probably like, okay, that, that thing's dumb. That's not important anymore. I, I really think that this is a cool thing. My, what, what do you put like my, my 21 rules or my 20 rules. So um, we did a little bit of it with Lang, but I asked Jason to share five or six things that would be like takeaways, his rules, wisdom learned. Um, do you want to work through these? These are awesome. Yeah. And, and Stu, it's, it's, um, I agree with you. I took, I took that lesson away from Creighton's kind of celebration of his life. And, uh, it, you know, even before then I had made a list and I have a huge list in my notes of just like, here are my rules of life. And this is a couple from them, um, that I just put here and, and I felt like they were just good to share. Um, the first one I have here is enjoy to the end. Um, okay. people who are familiar with our gospel, right. Our, our religion. Um, there's a fifth kind of important principle, which we call endure to the end. Um, I've just always loved to switch out the word endure to enjoy all things kind of here in this life, I think come to an end. Um, everything's temporary, like enjoy it, the suffering, the hard times, the challenges, the good times, just really enjoy it. Um, and that's always stuck with me. And I think that's also helped me keep a really positive and kind of optimistic personality and just outlook. Nice. Uh, so I love that phrase, right? Just enjoy to the end. Um, I think Jake shared this in his podcast. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. He did, yeah. Uh, I don't think that needs to be expounded on. Pretty self, yeah. pretty straightforward. Is that something your dad that your dad taught you guys, or where where'd you learn that phrase? I think Jake learned on his mission, um, and I learned it from Jake, and, and cool. it's just stuck with me ever since. So nice. Um, I did learn this one from my dad. It's more important to do the right thing than to be right. Hmm. Um, or said differently, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing right about doing the wrong thing. It's kind of another way to think about it. <laughs> That's, um, great. That's a great quote. 
I love this one. This is one that just has always kind of stuck to me. Um, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. Uh, and I really do think that has a lot to do with just society today. Um, I think there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of signals. Um, a lot of folks who push others to do things and a lot of pressure and, and keeping up kind of um, with the status quo. Um, I've always felt like it's just important to, to stand your ground, at least find what you find or believe in what you find true and, and hold fast to it. And if you don't, you, you'll fall for just about anything. So I really love that one. Nice. Um, this kind of plays onto the enjoy to the end, work hard, play harder. <laughs> you can't discredit uh, hard work, right? Like it's so vital. It's so important. We all know this, um, but don't forget to play hard or play even harder than how hard you're working, right? Like the moments in which we are working, it's to go play. Um, <laughs> at least that's how I've always thought about it. So I always want to just try to remember that I want to work as hard as I can, but I want to play just as hard, if not harder, when I have the opportunity to, um, which is also probably a reason why maybe folks like Kristen or others can't deal with me sometimes when I'm playing around. <laughs> no way. <laughs> um, these other three I'll just share quick. I just think they're fun. Uh, oh, yeah? Mature. <laughs> maturing is realizing how many things don't require comment um I, I just love that one uh work in silence success is the noise i think jake shared that mm. one with me a long time ago that's good yeah uh and then the last one i just have here is be the most interested of the party not the most interesting and what i'll what i'll kind of say about that just to give more context if you've seen ted lasso uh there's a great scene in there when he's throwing darts and if you're not familiar with it, go look it up. But he makes a quote, and I can't remember who he actually cites the quote from, but it's, be curious, not judgmental. Um, I think this kind of follows that same theme. You know, we all go to social events, and I feel like, I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of this. I show up to a social event, and I'm like, oh, like, that person's obviously the most interesting, or they have the most, you know, they're the most popular here. I want to be that person or whatever and, and have have the attention. Um I love to flip it the other way around about being the most interested at a party, meaning I just want to go meet people. I want to hear their stories. I want to connect with them. I think that in the longer run is going to pay off way more than being the most interesting person at the party. Hmm. If that makes sense. I love that. So true. So true. Thank Jake, you. Did, did he miss any Jake? No, yeah. I think, I think that's the spot on, man. I mean, I just, what I, what I'm loving about this is just, you know, I thought I, I thought I knew him. I, I know my brother, but like this just puts it in, in a deeper perspective of really seeing how mature and how, you know, how he's grown over the years. It's just special yeah. to see. So we, we, we brushed over a few things. Jace, did we miss anything you want to share? No, I mean, I, I, we should have just gone back and cut it right after my wife's introduction. <laughs> uh, maybe we still should. We still can. Okay, you can edit I'll just edit things, it. Right? Yeah, I'll just edit it. I, I've got a question for him. I mean, okay. how did you how did you get the better genes with the body, man? That's what Dude, I know. for real. Like, how do, how do you just stay shredded all the time? Dude, it's so obvious. I can't believe you haven't cut on this. I got mom's genes. You got dad's genes. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Like, come on. <laughs> that's that's the clear, obvious answer. answer. And you know what? Mom would agree and dad would agree. I know, I know. Just you know, you just eat whatever you want, and it's just you just have a body of the Greek goddess, as a lot of people say in the thread. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I put this in the doc. I just want to look like Spencer Chipping, um, and then also the other secret recipe, which not a lot of people are aware uh -huh. of. But uh -huh. if you want to be crazy fit, yeah, 
Eat a bowl of cereal before you go to bed. You just, won't regret it. Just a full bowl of cinnamon toast crunch. No, no, no. Mini wheats. Mini wheats right now. Mini wheats. In my okay. life. I've done the cinnamon toast crunch phase. It's good, but it's a are little they fr- sugary. Are they frosted? You can't do it any other way. You okay. Gotta be frosted. Okay. So, yeah. so that's why you take lit in the morning. I see. Okay. Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that has anything to do with me eating a bowl of cereal at night, but. <laughs> just all right, dudes. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Jake. So fun. Thanks, so dude. Fun. Thanks, Jake. Appreciate you both. Love you guys.